0: Hello, everyone. We have Elizabeth McCartney on today's episode. I am so excited to get to know a little bit more about her. Elizabeth, I'm just going to throw it at you. Start wherever you'd like.
1: Sounds good. Thanks, Shelley. I'm excited to be joining your podcast. Um, you know, It really gave me a place to connect with others as I was kind of going through this uncharted territory. I'm a pretty private person, and so I was really for over a year kind of just doing this whole thing on my own. And then I discovered your podcast kind of right after I had gone over under a major surgery and it was just so helpful to keep my perspective as I was doing that. So I just want to say thank you for that. Oh my gosh, my son's crying. I'm sorry. Hopefully. Oh, no, that's fine. This is just real life. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I hope you don't hear that. Sorry.
0: I don't hear anything. If if we do,
1: it's okay. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So anyways, this Alice is really wonderful. So I hope, you know, today I'm a little nervous, but I hope at least one person can be Encouraged by my story that I'm sharing because I know everyone's journeys are so unique So I just hope at least one person can take something from this. So I met my husband um, Ten years ago and we've been married for five years. So we've been together a pretty long time I wasn't really looking to start a family for a while So really trying to get my career established and be in a good place. So in January of 2017 We decided to take the plunge and start trying to have a family I was almost thirty-one, so honestly, I'm a really realistic person. I like to call myself an optimistic realist. So I thought it would take a while to get pregnant. I really didn't expect it to happen right away, and you know, I was kind of nervous about it. But I just like let's see what happens. Somehow, you know, we got pregnant our first first time trying. So we were really excited, Um, but again, you know, my we were about to go on a camping trip. So I took this test like super early in the morning, to know, if I could drink or not. Um, And I showed my husband the line and we were just kind of like, Oh, okay. I guess we're, I guess we're doing this now, you know, it's happened really quick. Um, But then my realistic self kind of took over and I just told him, Hey, let's be a little cautious. This is super early. I literally just missed my period yesterday. So who knows what is going to happen? And then of course, a few weeks later, I was late. I think I was a little over six weeks. Um, I was at work and it's just crazy to me. I'm sure you know this Shelly, just how ingrained in your mind, like that, that first moment is when you realize maybe what's happening. Um, I was in the bathroom at work and I looked down at the toilet paper and there's just like the slightest tint of red. I couldn't really even tell if something was there. I was like, it's the lighting, you know, I was trying to <laughs> brush it off. Um, but I went back to my desk and kept working, but I just had this weird feeling so I went back to the bathroom and there was a little bit more color. So I decided to go home. I don't, I didn't live too far from where I worked. so I decided to go home for lunch and just kind of see what's going on. And that's when it really got heavier. Um, and I wasn't in any pain yet. I didn't have cramping yet, but it was definitely bleeding. So I wasn't sure what to do because I, doctor wasn't going to see me until like nine weeks, I think is when they had me coming in for my first appointment. So I decided did decide to call them and just say like, I'm not sure what's going on, um, but I think I'm having a miscarriage. So they did ask me to come in just so they could do an exam. The doctor said that my, you know, my cervix is closed, but she thinks that with the significant bleeding, it's probably a a miscarriage. Um, So I kind of went home that weekend and I was really glad it was a Friday when this was happening. So sometimes you have those little mercies in life, you know, and this was one of them just, okay, it's a Friday. So at least I have the weekend to figure out what's going on. and it ended up being a miscarriage which i think at the time i didn't get as upset about it as i did in the in the future just cuz i was like well this happens to a lot of women and and that's what the doctor told me she did say you know oh it's going to be like a heavy period so don't don't worry about it i know a lot of women have said this on your podcast shelly but um, i really hope people in the medical community listen to this podcast or others like it because they need to really learn how to communicate better with women that are going through this. And I understand they need to keep things in medical terms sometimes. You know, you can't maybe have that personal touch with every single patient because they see how many people a day. Um, but just they could say, you know, hey, look, your body was preparing for a pregnancy like it does every month, you know, as a woman well, most of the time. But this time, you know, an egg was fertilized your body prepared to have the baby implant in your uterus. It did implant. And so you're going to be losing a lot more tissue and things than just a regular monthly cycle. So it's going to be worse. Like, I I just don't get why they can't kind of talk you through that a little bit. Totally agree. It's just so strange to me. I feel like they just brush it off and I get that this happens a lot, but they can at least be like clear about it (laughs) in medical terms. Um, So honestly, at that point, I was just really thankful that, hey, I got pregnant. Cool. And then, hey, my body is taking care of this naturally. That's awesome. So I I look back at myself and I'm like, oh, my gosh, Elizabeth, you were so cocky and conceited and just you had no idea what was going on in your body. (laughs) Um, But, you know, at that time, that's kind of what it was. So We did start kind of just moving forward and i was shocked a little bit about how i wanted to be pregnant again so badly it it surprised me but it was more i don't know i think just like once you are pregnant you really do feel different um and so i kind of was just really looking forward to that and i did kind of start mourning my baby a little bit more just thinking you know i had all these visions of it was going to be an october baby so i had all these like fall visions of halloween and fall walks and all these things and so I still call that baby my October baby just because that's kind of all those memories with that one. Um, we, we started trying again that I guess that summer maybe late spring and in June uh, we got our second positive test and this time I will say my optimistic self just took over completely i was so excited <laughs> and i just thought this is it and this time i did this cute little announcement to my husband i created a mailchimp email and had it send like coming march 2018 you know get prepared be prepared he's a marines so i had all this like military terminology in it um and i gave up caffeine i started exercising less i you know all those things that they don't really matter honestly i don't think but I just was trying anything at this point. And I felt so bonded to this baby. I called it my, you know, my sweet little B. Um, and I was just really excited. I will say I had some, I was a little bit nervous, um, just cause you know, it, some anxiety. And then we went on vacation with my family and I was seven weeks at this time. And my brother and sister-in-law announced that they were pregnant and they were two weeks behind where I was and she was already having symptoms. So I thought, that's kind of weird. You know, I'm not having any symptoms, so maybe I'm just one of those lucky people that doesn't have anything other than like the, you know, my breasts grew. (laughs) Um, So I try not to dwell on that, but that did kind of spark a little bit of that anxiety. So at nine weeks, uh, four days, we went to, for our first ultrasound. And I think the funny thing, looking back on this, just how optimistic I was being, I didn't even look what a nine-league ultrasound should look like usually i am someone that researches everything even if it's like a good thing i just like to know what's going on and i like to know about things so i had no clue what i was looking at when they were doing the ultrasound and looking back on that it makes me really sad because i didn't get a bond with my baby in those moments and it just was such a cold and hurtful time when even though the baby wasn't alive anymore it still could have been something meaningful you know and it just it wasn't so we were getting the ultrasound and the external one she couldn't see anything and she's like your bladder's too full you need to go to the bathroom like well you all told me to drink this stuff like I don't know I'm sorry and just I don't know why ultrasound techs sometimes have such not the best personalities uh in, in the room but so I went to the bathroom came back and they did the internal one and like I said, I didn't know what I was looking at. So I didn't even see anything and she's not saying anything for a really long time. So I kind of know it's bad. My husband's trying to stay calm, you know, keeping his like Marine self together. But, um, she finally breaks the silence and she says, Hey, do you have endometriosis? And I just kind of lost it at that point. I tried not to be rude, but it was really hard. I just wanted her to tell me what was going on with my baby. Like, Hey, You know, you have something inside of my body right now. You're looking at what I hoped was a a a live child that I was going to carry to term, and you can't like say anything to me. So why are you asking me about endometriosis? Like, no, I don't have it. I have regular cycles. I don't pain during sex. It's fine. And so finally, she left the room, and the doctor came in and confirmed. You know, there's no heartbeat, and the baby had passed away like at six and a half weeks, and so nothing was happening. Uh, So we went back to my doctor's office and you know, she gave me the option of having a DNC, which ended up being a really good experience. I was able to get in the next day. And this was a Thursday. It was a Wednesday. So Thursday, I had my DNC and I I was leaving on a work trip on Sunday. So I decided to do the DNC because I was like, I don't want to start bleeding on a plane, you know, <laughs> that would not be good. So, um, So everyone was so great at the hospital, which I'm always going to be thankful for. Um, And I'm just so thankful to have like good healthcare and all of that. So you have to try to see like the positives, but I did feel, you know, kind of in the weeks after that, that I had been a little bit betrayed by my body, you know, like the first time my body took care of it on its own. And this time didn't, and I was just, I thought I was pregnant and I wasn't. Um, And I just felt like a kind of like the ultimate failure. And I started questioning all my choices in life, you know, like, why didn't you have kids earlier? What did I think? Waiting until I was thirty years old to try to have a family, you know. You've always wanted children. Why were you so focused on other things? Um, and so it's just really a, a painful time, I think, in my life. And and my husband just tried to stay positive and use humor to kind of get through things, which was helpful. And at some points and not at others. <laughs> um, so it's just really hard, you know. I don't. I don't think I knew before this how seeing like two pink lines like right away they bring you so much joy and they represent a life made from love and I just couldn't understand that until it happened to me and so looking back I'm like thankful to have that because I hope I have more empathy for others going through different challenges like this Um, and it really did change me as a person and uh, you know in the time I was trying to say that to myself and to know that like even though these little ones didn't make it earthside, like they made me a better person. So I just want to, or at the time they weren't making me a better person. I was kind of making me a depressed person, but I tried to tell myself you need to live life and continue to grow for them, you know, like they weren't here for no reason, you know, they were made out of love, so just keep going for them. Um, but during this time, you know, I'm sure you know Shelly and others listening, you hear a lot of things from people. And I didn't tell very many people that we were trying or that we had miscarriages, but I, the people that I did, I heard this phrase like way too often and I greatly dislike it. People said, if it's meant to be, it will be. Have you heard that one? Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> okay. I, I I think
0: we've all heard everything. You know what yeah, I mean? It's
1: like, just, ugh. I just... And I understand the thought behind it. And I I kind of agree somewhat with the concept, like in life, things happen, right? I mean, shit happens, good and bad. We don't have control over a lot of things in life. Um, But I dislike it because I feel, I I dislike the passivity of the phrase, right? Like, yeah, I think you're the same as me. I want to take action. I want to grow. I want to learn. Even if it doesn't have the end goal that I'm hoping for, I need a plan of action in place. And, you know, Here's my thought process with
0: with that, (laughs) with that comment is if somebody had a living child here and, you know, on earth and that child, and that child passed away, nobody, nobody would say it was meant to be, or what was meant to be is meant to be. Like nobody would say that. I hope not. Oh my God. No. And so that's my thought process with it is like, yeah. Yeah. I don't know.
1: It's crazy. Yeah. To me, but <laughs> and, and I get it in some ways like, you know, Oh, I'm trying to have a kid again. And they're like, well, if it's meant to be, it'll be like, so I do some way I, I'm trying to give people the benefit of the doubt. But to me, it's just like, well, obviously I'm still mourning my miscarriages and you know what I hoped were our earthside children, but I also want to grow from these struggles. And I, you know, I don't know what's down the road. I'm not just going to be like, if it's meant to be, it'll be, you know, like maybe I have to adjust goals change up dreams that I've had for my whole life, but I want to keep growing and trying to grow my family. And you know what? A lot of us have to work for this. Just growing our family. It's not going to just happen like that. And that's why this podcast is so great. Cause it needs to be talked about more, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I just think that, I don't know that phrase. Just or like, like that. If you, just yes. if you just relax. Yes. Relax. What will happen. <laughs> it's, it's, happen. Like, it's like, okay, well that's not going to work, but <laughs> um, Sorry
0: to interrupt, guys, but we have another sponsor for today's episode. Today's sponsor is Prove, which I'm so excited about. Prove is the first at-home progesterone test that gives results in just five minutes. Progesterone is so important to conception and pregnancy. Without it, or enough of it, successful conception and pregnancy just isn't possible. Prove was invented by PhD scientist Amy Beckley after she went through infertility herself. She had multiple losses, seven in total, before realizing that low progesterone was her issue. With the help of a simple supplement, she conceived and carried her daughter for nine months. This daughter is now thriving and six years old. Prove's mission is to help other women get more information earlier on in their fertility journeys so they don't have to suffer month after month of disappointing pregnancy test results or loss after loss with no answers. So thank you so much, Prove, for sponsoring this episode. You guys, visit provetest.com and use my special promo code LAM20, L-A-M, Two zero zero for 20% off your order. And I'll go ahead and I'll link that in the description of this episode. Thank you so much to everyone who is supporting our sponsors and it helps me continue to provide this platform for free for us all. Now let's get back into today's episode.
1: But I do think, you know, it, it, those kind of things do make us the people we're supposed to be. And like, I think it's made my marriage stronger in the end. Obviously I wish it didn't happen, but you know you have to i think you always say it shelly like keep going remember why you started you know like these challenges are not just going to like stop us from pursuing things but it doesn't ease the pain of the journeys that we're on um so back to trying to like grow our family so after that was in august of 2017 our second miscarriage the first one was in february 2017 the second one was in august 2017 i really kind of looked back at what the ultrasound tech had said about endometriosis and started putting all my symptoms together. Like I just had never researched the disease. I only heard like you have heavy periods or you have um you know uh, your cycles are regular and all that, which I didn't have, but there's so many other symptoms of endometriosis, and my symptoms were things like migraines and really severe cramping, which I didn't know was severe cramping, because I think as a woman you just think, oh, periods are painful. Um, and I also had a lot of bowel symptoms, which a lot of doctors have just put up to irritable bowel syndrome, but that's also a symptom of endometriosis. Um, So I researched that and I found this great um, doctor's office called the Center for Endometriosis Care in Atlanta, Georgia. And, you know, I'm such a, I feel very privileged to be able to have afforded to go down there and talk to those doctors and create a plan of action. Um, I know not everyone has that opportunity and endometriosis is like really not understood in the medical community, especially for just normal OBGYN. So going to a specialist is one of the most Important things that I what is what I found in my research So I was able to advocate for myself and I went down there and I got um, Excision surgery and that's the gold standard of treatment. So like birth control is not treatment It just kind of like hides your symptoms There's something called ablation which kind of burns the endo out But it doesn't actually get it all because it just burns a layer of it excision cuts it all out um, And these doctors are like really really skilled down there so I had stage four endometriosis, it was all in my pelvic region. Um, one of my ovaries has it, had adhered to my bowel and so a bowel surgeon had to come in and kind of work to get that out. And then they basically had to put, like my appendix got removed as well and then they had to put all my pelvic, like organs in my pelvic area back in place basically because they were all out of black. Um, so they did that and it was just such a, I mean it was such a great experience because at literally, the day after surgery, I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Like I have no symptoms. Like I'm in a little bit of pain from my surgery, but I did not realize how much like exhaustion and all these things were tied to this disease that I didn't know that I had for 16 years. Um, and I have not had a migraine since that surgery in April of 2018. So, so that's kind of where you know our losses took us. It took us to this. Um, finding out that I had this disease and we weren't sure if it was related to our losses or not, but it was at least something to be proactive about. There's a lot of research that connects endometriosis to infertility, but not to pregnancy loss. But my, the doctors down there see it a lot that people do have miscarriages with endo. So they think it could be connected. There's just a lack of research out there. Um, So after that surgery in April of 2018, uh, we were, I don't know. I was like in an okay place, I think emotionally, but it was still really hard because I thought, you know, I don't know if we'd ever be able to have a family because they did so much surgery down there. But my doctor put me on birth control um, for three cycles only to rest my body because it had so much trauma from the surgery. And then he said we could try again after that. And so I think by the time like my cycles became regular, when we started trying again, like we were able to get pregnant again and I don't know what I I'm trying to like think back to this it's just all like a blur at this point but I was really excited to see those two lines but I also was just filled with anxiety and also just really really sad for the community of women that like are still you know not seeing those lines like it's just was such a a mixed emotions thing and um, I called my doctor to let them know because they told me, "Hey, you know, call right away." And this is just my normal OB's office, and they were having me wait again until eight weeks to come in. <laughs> oh my gosh! I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, and I called them back, and I I have like phone anxiety, like majorly. Like I hate talking on the phone. Yeah. Um, and so it just took this huge. I was like, I have to call and beg them for like an earlier like appointment. So I call them and I start sobbing right when the person answers the phone. I think <laughs> Like bad for me. <laughs> like okay, you can come in. Um. So I came in. I think like that week. And I. This is also really bad, Kelly, but you might understand. I have short cycles, so my cycles are 25 days. And you know how they base your due date on 28 days, no matter what. I don't mm-hmm. know if your doctor does that, but my doctor like they they base your due date on your a 28 day cycle. So if I would have told them like when my Last period was. They would have been like, "Oh no, you're way too early. We can't see you, right?" Because I have a 25 mm-hmm. day cycle. Did you lie? So I lied. <laughs> I lied about my last menstrual cycle. <laughs> you gotta um, do what you gotta do. <laughs> so, like the rest of the pregnancy, it's like your last. My last menstrual cycle was like marked wrong, but I was like, whatever. Like that's based on a normal twenty-eight day cycle, and that's what they assume all women have. So, whatever, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> But so I did go in. They did HCG test, and then two days later I went in, and it was rising. Um And then they did put me on progesterone, which I was like really grateful for. Like who knows if it helped, right? But it was just one of those things that I was like, oh, I might just I, I'll do anything at this point. Like I don't know. I told my doctor, I'm like, even if it's a placebo effect, I yes. don't care. I'm taking yes. it. So. <laughs> it also just helps with like your mental state. I feel like you know, like, yeah, you just, like, you're like doing something different. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I didn't do very much. Like before I, I found out I was pregnant, I had been drinking like literally the day before, you know, like I just was not, I was trying not to put so much pressure on myself and I don't think that like helps things. I just think it keeps me in a better mindset. mindset. Like no matter yeah. what happens, I'll be better off in the long run, you know, because I just, I couldn't be like wound up and just so focused on, okay, I want a baby in nine months. Like I just, I needed to have other things that I cared about, you know? Mm-hmm. Because you get so into those lines. And let me just say how many tests I took. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, I, I think my husband discovered them, like, months into our pregnancy and was like, what is this? <laughs> our Right now, our whole counter is tests in my bathroom. Oh, God. So. I feel yeah. And he saw like one of the. I, he was on my phone for some reason, scrolling through. He saw like a bunch of my photos of the test, like progression test. And he's like, Elizabeth, what is this? <laughs> this is really bad. But it's like a um, I Yeah. <laughs> I'm not trying to keep it a secret from him, but he just doesn't need to be brought into that like. Insanity, I don't think, so. No. <laughs> um. So anyway, we. Everything was going smoothly, and in January, we went in for our first ultrasound, and it was so weird. This time, thankfully, we were in the doctor's office, so before my insurance that I had at my last job didn't cover an in-office ultrasound, I had to, like, go to an ultrasound place, which is so weird to me. Thankfully, my insurance this round, like, covered in-office so we could just stay at our OB office, which made it a lot more comfortable, but again, the ultrasound tech was, like, kind of cold, which I understand that's their job, but... um. Same thing happened. She put the the external one on. She's like, "I can't see anything. Your bladder is too full." And to me, that is just like she's basically saying, "Like this baby's not big enough. You know, we don't see anything." So I start crying. My husband is going into like protective mode and gets a little too intense and is like, "We need a doctor in here now. Like we need to know what's going on." I'm like, "Oh my gosh, they probably hate us so much." Um, So I go to the bathroom and empty my bladder and come back in, and they the doctor's in the room. So that was, that was really nice. I still felt like really bad that we kind of put that pressure on them, but we just kind of wanted to know what was going on as it was going on this time, not like delayed, you know? Um, so they put the the internal one in and it was crazy. Like literally right away, you could just see a flicker of a heartbeat. And I, um, just thinking back to that, like, I honestly never, I mean, I thought maybe we'd see that, but I think at that time I did not think that we would Ever see that? So that was just such a wonderful milestone for us. And, you know, the rest of the pregnancy, I just took it one day at a time and celebrated, tried to celebrate each milestone, you know, as it came because we weren't sure, like, is this going to work? Like, we don't know. Life is, you know, things in life aren't guaranteed. But then in August, we welcomed our little baby boy. So I called him Sweet Little C throughout the pregnancy because I didn't know if it was a boy or a girl until we delivered him. Um, so he's 12 months old now and it's just like looking back on the last, I guess, almost three years. Wait, he's 12 weeks. Yeah. He's 12 weeks now. Okay. You said 12 months. I was like, Oh, did I? Yeah. I'm sorry. 12 (laughs) weeks. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Oh, not 12 months. That'd be crazy. Um, I guess he's been around for almost 12 months, right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, no 12 weeks. So, so that's been just like, I mean. So fun and it's so funny, you know, while I was pregnant, people would say, like, oh well, get ready for your life to just be over and all these comments. And I'm like, Cool, I'm excited about it, you know. <laughs> you're like, I can't wait. I can't wait. And yeah. I mean, you've said this before, like, obviously the first few weeks are really challenging with a newborn. You're, you know, trying to figure out how to feed them and keep them alive and stuff, but it's nothing compared to like the emotional and physical mm-hmm. things that happen when you miscarriage
0: yeah. the miscarriage yeah. preps you for motherhood. It really does. Yeah. Because motherhood is way easier than miscarriage.
1: <laughs> I know. I think so. I think so too. And it's just you. – every day you're just so grateful no matter what's happening. You know what I mean? And I understand, like, there's moments that are tough, but it's not anything like the – yeah, the pain and, like, the trying to make a plan of action to have your family and all that. Like, it's just so yeah. wonderful to actually have that and be together as a family of three right now and just soak it all in. Mm-hmm. Um, but – Yeah, so exciting. I know, it's just, I still feel like, oh gosh, like why do we have this little baby and others are still struggling? But, you know, everyone's on their own journey and- we Survivor's guilt. Yeah, we need to be supportive of each other. Um, So I hope this can kind of give other people kind of hope. And I also want to just stress, like if anyone thinks they have endometriosis, like be your own advocate and do your own research. And I mean, I'm older, so that's why I took the surgery route like right away. Um, and I talked to like a specialist, but I think talking with a specialist and creating a plan, because they might say like, okay, you you can, you know, let's do these other things for you right now. Let's not stress the surgery because it's pretty invasive. But my surgeon knew that fertility was like my number one goal. So he made sure to protect that. But, you know, I just think like getting a plan of, in place outside of your own OB, because both my OB and my normal gynecologist just told me like, you're young and healthy, just wait it out. It's fine. Even though I had this like large chocolate cyst. on my right over you know so like I had all the symptoms and they were just saying like you're good just wait it out and I just can't tell you how much my life's changed even if this baby wasn't here I was in like so much less pain every single month like I was in pain for like two three weeks a month because of this you know so um I think it's just making sure I don't know I just want to stress that for people like if you feel like you do that like don't be shy and advocate for yourself yeah
0: and lie if you have to, guys. Well, yeah. <laughs> the, the the gosh, I away. feel so bad about this
1: <laughs> I feel so bad, but I don't know why they don't like trust women. Like my I, they don't. Days, you know, like I literally know my cycle is twenty five um,
0: Yeah, and anybody struggling with any sort of infertility knows their cycle. a T, yes. So it's like, come on, but yeah. they, okay. yeah, they have their their ways. But somet- sometimes, sometimes do. You just gotta like tell a little
1: fib it's okay. I know. I know. It's just (laughs) hopefully, well, they don't listen to this podcast, but (laughs) no, they don't. Oh my gosh.
0: (laughs) I know. Sometimes I'm just like, I hope to God my doctor
1: doesn't like watch my YouTube channel (laughs) or like, oh my gosh. That's so funny. Um, Mm -hmm. no,
0: I always ask at the end of every episode, if you had one piece of advice for somebody in a similar situation, what would it be?
1: So obviously, I mean I just said advocate for yourself and I think a lot of people say that on your podcast and that's very critical, but I think the bigger one for me was just to keep it simple, like keep your like accept your grief and accept that your feelings are valid and find an outlet that helps you and that helps your marriage, you know, whether that's like watching Netflix, reading books, going running. Like I don't, you know, what works for you and it's so funny that like for me what kind of got me through Um, after my surgery when we were in this like limbo on birth control waiting to try again and it was crazy not like testing during three months you know I've been testing for like a year at that point um the I'm a huge hockey fan and my hockey team was going on this crazy Stanley Cup run like after right after my surgery and they ended up winning the Stanley Cup and it was just like I saw that as such like a little mercy from you know God or whatever that it's such a pointless thing and like obviously they didn't win for me but it was just something that I was like able to enjoy right because it's something I love and I didn't feel guilty about that I think sometimes we can feel guilty about like enjoying like oh you watch Netflix for eight hours but it's like if that helps you just Mm -hmm. do it you know and so I think that's my advice like your feelings are valid there's not a right way to grieve find what works for you and just enjoy things that you enjoy don't feel guilty about that so yes
0: totally agree now if somebody wants to reach out where could they do so? I know you have, yeah. You have a specific Instagram, right? Where you share. I do, I do. Because, okay. like
1: I said, I'm like super private. Not many people, are like in my personal life, know about any of this. Um, So I use, I'm anonymous, but I gave you both of mine because I wanted you to know, like, I'm a real person. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: I know. I feel like we've messaged on both of them and I think yeah. I actually just sent you a message when we were trying to figure out this whole call. Oh, I you did? I sent, okay. I think okay. I've sent you them on both and I'm like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah.
1: I'm sorry for that. I just wanted you not to be like, this person has no pictures of herself, you know, all that on my one. So, um, and her pictures of her kid are like cut off, but um, it's, so it's sunshine underscore rains. Okay. So I created that right after my second miscarriage. So that's kind of where it starts um, and just got me involved in this community on Instagram and just really helped me kind of move forward. So that's why I have that, that separate one. So, and I follow awesome. like, like TTC miscarriage and fertility accounts. So
0: do you want me to link that one then?
1: Yeah, that's fine. Um, like I'll give them my real,
0: my real, okay. so they're not, I'll, I'll just link both and, they yeah, can that's mess with you and
1: whatever. Okay, cool. Sounds good. All right.
0: Well, thank you yeah. so much, Elizabeth, for jumping on and sharing your story. And I'm just it, – it's a hopeful story, so that's really exciting. And I hope it brings a lot of hope to other people. So I appreciate you.
1: Yeah, thank you. It's definitely been a journey, but I appreciate all you do, Shelley.
0: Oh, thank you.
1: Don't let the haters. Bring you down. Don't let the haters bring you down. Yes. Oh gosh, because we know there's a lot. Of I cannot them. believe that stuff you were saying the other day about that. So just keep going. You're awesome. I
0: appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> thank you.
1: All right. Bye. Bye.
0: Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you share it with a friend who could find it useful, or share it on your Instagram stories. Tag myself. Tag my guest, so that we can personally thank you. This is a Lamb fam, you guys. We're not in this alone. We're creating this ripple effect together.